Might as well heave it all the way the distance. A Grant Hill pass. Here it is. Brown turns around. It's off the mark. And Virginia is heading to its first ever national championship game appearance. They're celebrating in the streets in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Now two down. Here's Gary Sanchez. High drive. Did he get enough? Going back Smith. Track. Wall. See ya. Another home run for Sanchez. Three on the game. Another two-run shot. And the Yankees lead 11-3. Grounded to Orshella. He fields across the diamond. And the Yankees win by a score of 15-3. And they sweep the Orioles here in Baltimore. Next up is Ryan Zimmerman. Bases loaded on three walks. Six for the day for Wheeler, and that matches his career high. Swing and a pop-up. Left center field. Soto and Robles. It's Soto calling. He makes the catch, and a curly W's in the books. Brooklyn clinches a playoff spot for the first time since 2015. From the Augusta National Golf Club in Augusta, Georgia, CBS Sports proudly presents the Masters. You're listening to the Tri-State Sports Beat on Anchor FM. Good morning, everybody. I need you to take a minute and stop what you're doing. I know you're going to stop and listen to us, but just take a minute. And think about what week this is. I didn't know either. Joe, you didn't know either? No. It's Masters Week! I'm very excited. How, can, how you cannot, how nobody, how anybody could not be excited about this? I don't know why. I don't know how. I don't really know how. That's when you know spring is coming when the Masters is here. Okay, I'm happy about that. Yeah, so be happy. happy about that. So be happy that the Masters is here. All right, I'm happy. Everybody, welcome back to the Tri-State Sports. Be on Anchor FM. Nick and Joe back at it again for our... Usual Monday spot. Joe, how we doing? Good, good, good. Late as usual. Late as usual. It's all good. I'm here. Oh, yeah. Fashionably, might as well just give you the power chair. I should have it by now. Uh, oh. I am the entertainment. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. <laughs> all right, Joe, we got a lot to talk about today. Yankees baseball, Mets baseball, the Islanders, the Nets clinching their playoff berth. And a whole lot of other stuff. We got the national championship, the NCAA College uh, March Madness. Those are insane. We will talk about that too. And um, yeah, we'll do what we normally do. And I'll have you pick a winner for the Masters this week. Oh boy. Because yeah, because uh, it's definitely going to be a golfer. <laughs> Let's get it going. Let's get it going. So on Saturday, Yankees took on the Orioles after winning game one. We covered that last time. It was Jay Happ against Dylan Bundy. Um, we saw Hap against Baltimore at on the first series at Yankee Stadium. Not good. Another bad out. Another not not as bad as last time, but still not a good outing from Jay Hap. He went four four and a third innings, five hits, two runs, five strikeouts, and let up a home run in the in the first inning. Um, not great. But the Yankees did get out to the early lead. Aaron Judge comes up and annihilates one for his first home run of the season in the top of the first inning. Yeah, we were just talking about that, too. We were talking about how Judge needs to play yes. a little bit bigger. Um, not that he... He's, he's been, their, he's been part, their best hitter but, as of late, but, but he hasn't hit a home start, run. Yeah, he's got to start hitting runs in. Right, so... Right. So then uh, the Yankees were up one nothing in the top of the first. Good start for them. And then Hap starts to just... I mean... He's been inconsistent this this year, his first two starts, but then gives up the for the home run to Trey Mancini, his fourth of the season. So right there it was tied one one, and then the th- and then the third inning came around and Gardner doubled, and then Judge hits another bomb of a home run, gives the Yankees a three one lead. So Bundy of God, you could say that Hap didn't have a good game, but Bundy has not had a good season either for the Baltimore yeah. Orioles either. So then the bottom of the fifth, the Orioles get men on Mullins singles. Rickard Waugh, hold on, I mean, um, oh. wow. Cool. What? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa there. Uh, Hap walks Rickard, and then that was really the end of the day for Jay Hap. He was replaced in the fifth inning by Jonathan Holder, who was in this game way too long, if you ask me. Nunez singled and brought home a couple runs, so then it made it 3-2 to two in favor of the Yankees, and 
again, why Holder was in this game so long, I, you know, I have no idea. He gave up that single to Nunez, and then Adovino comes in in the seventh and in some trouble. He had Holder before hit by a pitch, mm-hmm. and then Jonathan VR singled. So Adam Adovino, who's been the Yankees' best reliever to this point, is in. So he's brought in with some trouble with two men on. And on a fielder's choice, Chris Davis, who has been on a historic, awful run since last year, Joe, Chris Davis has gone 0 for 44, has not had a single hit. He's batting zero right now. Not great. We'll talk about him, too, as we get to the third game. But he reaches on a fielder's choice. A run will score. And then it's 3-3. Baltimore actually takes the lead when Jonathan VR steals third base. And a sack fly by Ruiz brings in a run. So Baltimore was up 4-3 in the eighth inning. In the seventh inning, I'm sorry. And then top of the eighth inning. This guy who I've been vouching for for a little bit, who I said should be playing every day left field instead of Brett Gardner center field right now. Clint Frazier, his first home run of the year with both Torres and LeMahieu on base, a three-run jack. That was the home. That was the game winner for the Yankees for Game Two. They won six to four off the bat of Clint Frazier. So it's good to have that young player for them when they're so injured still. Yeah. To have a big game like that. So then we went to the game yesterday. So we didn't. We didn't go to the no. game yesterday. No. Would have been nice because we would have seen basically a home run derby yesterday. Because <laughs> the Yankees hit seven home runs yesterday. Three of them. Oh, boy, that's my timer. Sorry. Keep forgetting to turn that off every time we do this. Was that the timer for me to get here? Yeah. 10.30. Time to get here. Otherwise, I'm starting without you. But yesterday, the Yankees just put on a home run. They put on their own home run derby yesterday. It was an obliteration. Yeah. Believe me. We know that the Orioles are bad. We're not going to take so much out of this. But, wow. Gary Sanchez, three two-run home runs yesterday. Unbelievable, and the, and he's been criticized so much from last year because of his defense is horrible. He hit just just under two hundred last year. And now he comes in and proves a little bit that he's gonna have an offensive season like he did the year before, the year before last. So Domingo Herman yesterday, who had a very good outing last time, last time he pitched six innings, two hits, two runs, three strikeouts. Didn't give up a hit until the sixth inning. He was no hit through the sixth inning. Amazing. And the fact, again, with the injuries to the pitching staff that the Yankees have, this is what they need out of Domingo Herman. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. It was really awesome to see. So, of course, the Yankees, top of the second, they start with a home run by Torres and a back-to-back home run from Torres and Clint Frazier. So you can already tell it's going to be a day. It's going to be a great day. Clint Frazier already hit a home run the day before. Now he's on the board again, along with Torres. Top of the third comes Gary Sanchez, homers, 4 nothing lead, two-run homer with sends Gardner home. Top of the sixth, oh, by the way, the pitcher for Baltimore, Hess, gave up all these home runs. Terrible. Through the, he gave up the three home runs to Sanchez, Torres, and Clint Frazier. So Wright, was, Wright came in for Hess. Torres go, comes on in the sixth, and then Clint Frazier again. Hits a single, brings home Torres. Yankees by that time lead 5 to nothing. The seventh Voigt, uh, top of the, was it top of the seventh? Yeah. Top of the seventh Voigt singles, and Gary Sanchez hits his second two-run home run of the afternoon. By that time, it's 7 nothing. This game's pretty much over. A lot of people shut their TVs off. Oh, yeah. Left the game. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Why would you stay around for that? Except if you're a Yankee fan, why would you stay around for mm-hmm. that? But um, off that, LeMahieu doubles, brings home Torres, 8 nothing, and then... Gio Urshela, who just got called up for for the Yankees, singles line drive, brings home LeMahieu, 9-0. It was just an absolute blowout. Absolute blowout. Final score, 15-3. Baltimore actually brought in a position player, Alberto, to pitch in the ninth, which, hap- which happens more likely, you know, in blowout games now. Yeah. But... Um, in the eighth, Gary homered for his third time. Um, Clint Frazier homered in the top of the ninth, as, as well as Austin Romine. So, right now, for the obviously, they sweep the Orioles. They hit seven home runs yesterday. They got three games. Now they go to Houston. Three games against the Houston Astros. I gotta, you got to feel somewhat decent 
well, now. At least, yeah, now you got to feel I better. I mean, you beat up on the Orioles, a team you're supposed to beat up on. and After two back-to-back lost series. Right, absolutely. So. You got to think, the, if the Yankees can, can just – I was listening to somebody on Twitter yesterday, a very diehard Yankee fan. He's like, if the Yankees can just win every series, they can win 114 games this year. That's how you got to think about it, though. You got to think about it as an individual series. Like this, this series against Houston, you got to just think about it as a series. Yeah, you get, I know players are like, think about it as one game at a time. Yeah. You got to think about it a little bit in the long term, right there, if you're the Yankees. So now they're five and four. They're above 500 for the first time since opening day. And you got to feel good. You know, Sanchez has been hitting. He's got six home runs on the year. Clint Frazier has hit uh, three home runs in two games. And you got to think it's going to be hard for the Yankees when they start to get healthier. It's going to be harder for Aaron Boone to try and sit Clint Frazier or, or demote him to Triple A. Yeah, because you know Gardner's not playing well. Judge has been on a little bit of a slump, but it's being it's being overlooked because guys like Gary and Clint and Torres are hitting. So they don't you know they don't need Judge to produce as much as he normally would to. But now the Yankees go to Houston to take on the Astros. I believe they have an off day today. Today is the eighth, right? Oh, no, they actually play today. They start tonight. They play Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in Houston. And then they come back home Friday the 12th to take on the Chicago White Sox for their homestand. So it'll be nice for the Yankees to come back home after being on the road for a couple, for two series. But they got to they feel good. Well, and then you look a little bit farther two days after that mm-hmm. Chicago series and they got Boston. Boston comes to town. So only for two games though. And then, yeah. they, got Can- and then yeah. they got Kansas city, but we'll get our first look at the Boston Red Sox, the defending world series champions who are actually not playing their best baseball right now. I oh. think they're, I think they're two and eight or two and nine, something like that. They're so not take advantage of it. They are not playing. Exactly. That take is exactly what, you know, a team like Tampa Bay, the Rays too, who are a sneaky good team. They won 90 games last year. People were projecting them not to be that good. And now the Yankees are five and four and they're kind of rolling. Now they should beat the Orioles. They should beat the Orioles in this way. They're especially, could you imagine if the Yankees were healthy yesterday, how many runs they could have put up? Yeah. And I think that it's and- scary because because they really haven't even scratched the surface of what they could do this. No, year. absolutely not. They were they set the home run record last year. If these guys, you know, these guys are hurt and then they're still hitting home runs like this, crazy to think. Absolutely crazy. See, now this is this is where everybody that's been saying, "Oh, the Yankees got depth. They got depth." That's where the show. This is where it comes from. This so is exactly those first few from. games, it was a little, a little iffy, but now. Mm-hmm. Now you really see what type of depth depth the Yankees actually have. Yeah. So and pitching matchup tonight is Masahiro Tanaka and Justin Verlander. Premium pitching matchup tonight at Minute Maid Park, Minute Maid Park in Houston. Um, I think if you got it, if you feel Houston's a very good team, they're top of the American League. If the Yankees can get two out of three against Houston, you got to feel amazing yeah especially again especially after your injuries. start after, especially after the start that they had right but if they can at least if they can get one i'll be happy if they get if they get one win they don't win the series in houston be, i'll be honest with all the injuries that they do have no hicks no stanton no andujar no severino and you know i don't expect them to win this series in houston but if they win one game it's a huge thing for them huge 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 so going forward, they're going to get healthier. CeCe's going to cut. I think CeCe Sabathia is actually scheduled to come back in the Chicago series against the White Sox at home. So that'll be good. They need him back. Mm-hmm. Pitching depth adds to it, especially how Herman is pitching and the start that Tanaka's had. So I expect Tanaka to. I don't know. Tanaka, this will be the toughest lineup that Tanaka has faced this far this season. And he's, he's done well. Yeah, he's, he's been he's right. been he's been really good. He's got a one uh, under one point five ERA right now. So, but the lineup for Houston is tough. You know, they got Correa, Altuve, George Springer. They're they're loaded. If Tanaka pitches well and the Yankees somehow pull it out, if Tanaka pitches well, I'll be happy. But if they lose, you know, it's a different story. But if Tanaka pitches well, either way, I'll be happy because it shows that he's you know off to a very good start. And then 
But if they don't win the series, I'm not expecting them to win the series or at least, you know, if they can get one or one or two games, if they get two games and win the series, it would be amazing. If they get one win, fine. Great. But they're off to a better start. They're starting to get better. And um, Yankee fans that were worried are a little a little more relaxed now. But we'll see what happens as the Yankees go to Houston and the upcoming series that they have. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, the New York Mets, after an exciting game two against Washington, they won that game yesterday. Whoa. They almost came back. But wow. What is happening? And the issue continues to be the bullpen for the New York Mets. We'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening to the Tri-State Sports B on Anchor FM. M-E-T-S. Mets. 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 Awesome second game against Washington. Awesome second game. Third game. Not as much. Let's talk about that. Except for the very end. Let's talk about that second game a little bit. Steven Matz, who again... We've been a little critical of we need a guy that the Mets need to step up in their rotation. You know, it just can't be Syndergaard and DeGrom. Can't be. But Steven Matz pitched an absolute gem. Five innings, two hits, no runs, four walks, eight strikeouts. And then Robert Gazelman came in. And, you know, the Mets had the lead. The Mets had the lead for the majority of the game. Bottom of the fourth inning, J.D. Davis homered off of Patrick Corbin, who had an awful, awful day especially because of how much money the Nationals paid him and how highly he was looked in free agency. Not a great start from your third start from your third starter or second starter. You could say if you're Washington, depending on where you see Strasburg, but JD Davis Homer. So the Mets had the, so the Mets had the, had the lead from the fourth to the sixth inning. And then Robert Gazelman comes in, replaces Matt's lets up a double to Rendon Zimmerman grounds out a run scores, and the Nationals tie the game. And then in the bottom of the sixth, J.D. Davis, again, who had a huge day. He went, I believe he went three for three, two RBIs with two two solo home runs in the sixth inning. This was his second one. Um, again, off Corbin. And then Michael Conforto comes up. They go back to back. He homers off Corbin. So the Mets are out to a 3-1 lead in the bottom of the sixth inning here. And then... Then come the seventh inning, Wilson comes in for Gazelman. Gazelman stats for the day. He only pitched one inning, one hit, one run. But this is where it started. You start to worry if you're the New York Mets because now the game's tied. You don't know what's going to happen. Wilson comes in for Gazelman. He walks Robles. He walked uh, Adam Eaton singles. And that's it for Justin Wilson. The Mets did not have any confidence in him whatsoever. I cannot blame them mm-hmm. because their bullpen has not been good. Yuris Familia who has been one of the bright sides up until this point for the Mets. Starts out with a pass ball by Wilson Ramos. Robles scores and Adam Eaton moves to third. And then the top of the eighth comes. The Mets don't do anything in the bottom of the se- bottom of the seventh. Top of the eighth comes. Rendon homers off Familia. Not feeling great about that. Washington ties the game at three. Soto singles. And then Wilmer Defoe homers a two-run shot. Brings home Soto just like that. Two home runs given up by Familia, and the Mets are down five to three. Basically, before you can blink, it, pretty much. Yuris Familia, you know, Mets fans criticized a little bit because they didn't, they weren't sure if they wanted him back, but they brought him back to be the setup man, you could say, for Edwin Diaz, who is their closer. Not a good job by Yuris Familia. Not, not good. But, and then of course he he walked Howie Kendrick, but the inning end didn't matter anyway. Yeah. In the bottom of the eighth comes. Miller replaces um, Burakaw, I believe that's how you say his name. And the Mets, bottom of the eighth, Pete Alonzo homers, Robinson Cano homers, and then Keon Brocks, and then they do they go back to back. Mets tie the game at five. Pete Alonzo, who was actually playing his first, you wouldn't believe, you wouldn't know if you didn't know anything about the New York Mets and you see Pete Alonzo play, you would figure this guy's been playing in the league for a couple years. He's playing like an absolute professional, and he is the Mets' best hitter right now, if you ask me. He's killing it right now. And then we'll talk about the third game, which he also had another home run. But he's just – he's amazing. He's a, he's one of the best things that, that, that the Mets have right now. So Alonzo homers to cut the deficit to one. Cano comes up, hits his second homer of the year, ties it at five. J.D. Davis gets back on base. Tony Sipp comes in for Miller for the, for the Nationals. Conforto doubles, and then – McNeil is hit by a pitch, so there's guys on for Keon Broxton. Top of the eighth, Broxton singles. 
brings home Conforto. Mets win 6-5. Edwin Diaz closes the door on the Washington Nationals. Mets win game two. You're feeling great if you're a Mets fan at this point. Absolutely. You're feeling at this very point, good. At this point, you're what? 6-2? Six 6-2. And two? Six and two. You feel awesome. You feel great. If you're a Mets fan, you're feeling great. And <laughs> you feel comfortable up there now that Edwin Diaz is on the mound and he can save that game for your team. They hit five home runs. And I got to say, Matt's pitched very, again, Steven Matt's pitched very well. He's been very up and down for his for in his Mets career. So it's good to see Steven Matt's have to have that outing. Hopefully he can continue that in his next start. But the raised concern, I get not actually we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Brandon Nemo after game three. But yesterday, what the heck happened? Two completely different teams. Wow. It was Max Scherzer against Zach Wheeler. And I got to know, like, I like Zach Wheeler. He's the, he's the Mets' third starter, and he's a very good third starter. Did not have a good day yesterday. Top of the second, Soto walks, Suzuki singles, Defoe walks, and then the pitcher, Max Scherzer, is up to bat. Scherzer actually hits a single off of Zach Wheeler, brings in a run. Washington has the one nothing lead in the top of the second. After that, Robles singles, brings home brings home uh, Suzuki, 2 nothing, just like that. And then Adam Eaton comes up. Not looking good for Zach Wheeler. Not looking good. Ground rule double, 4 nothing. Defoe scores, Scherzer scores, it's 4 nothing, just like that. And then a sack fly by Howie Kendrick makes it 5 nothing in the top of the second inning. Zach Wheeler walking guys all over the place. He, had, he ended the day... Four and two-thirds, four hits, seven runs, seven walks. Thoughts on that, Joe? Seven walks. Um, just a, It's just a bad outing overall, but, like, wow. Like, <laughs> I was baffled watching that. He must have gotten a lot of sleep the night before. Uh, Maybe they partied too much after their 6-5 win. I have They shouldn't. They shouldn't. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> So in the bottom of the second came on, Conforto doubled, Ramos singles. They finally bring home a run, which seemed like forever, but it was only it was only the second inning. It was only the second inning. Five one, just like that. And then we wouldn't get anything from the top till the top of the fifth. Howie Kendrick walks, Rendon walks, Zimmerman walks, Zach Wheeler walks three guys in a row to load the bases. And then he walks in a run. Suzuki walks. Walks in a run. Makes it 6-1. to one. And then finally, Mickey Callaway's like, that's enough. Stop walking, guys. Peterson comes in for Wheeler. I don't know why he didn't do that earlier. I, that's the million-dollar question. You see him walk three guys to get the bases loaded. Four right? guys in a row. Four guys yeah, walked in a run. Yeah, three guys to get the bases loaded, oh. and then... You walked the. F- I don't. Mickey Cat. I, I don't know. I really don't you know. Let him walk the run anyway. I have no idea. So Peterson comes in for Wheeler. Maybe he's mad at the, the manager. Mickey Calloway is the manager. No, I'm saying Wheeler. <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's. I have no idea. I have no answers for that. I have no answers for that. Why Mickey Calloway kept him in that long beats me. So then. Peterson comes in. It only gets worse. Peterson, a wild pitch. Rendon scores off the wild pitch at 7-1. Top of the sixth. Mets don't do anything in the bottom of the fifth inning. Top of the sixth. Ready for this? Robles scores. Then steals second. Reaches third on a throwing error by Wilson Ramos, the catcher. Rendon walks. Soto walks. Zimmerman walks. Scores Robles. Rendon moves to third. Soto to second. 8-1. to one. Walk, 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 walk. Oh, boy. And then Suzuki singles, brings home Rendon, 9-1. to And that's it for Tim Peterson. That's it. I don't know why. Should have just stopped there. Should have just stopped right there. I don't know what. I don't know what happened. I have no explanation for what happened yesterday. None whatsoever. And then Luis Avalon comes in for Peterson. Hits Robles with a pitch. Howie Kendrick singles. Rendon homers. 
12 to 1. <laughs> well, there's good news at the end of this tunnel, though. That was, all, that was all the scoring for Washington. Done, uh, they were done scoring at that point. No, 12, they were not. 12-1? No, they were not. Oh, yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. Oh, they were. Oh, I'm thinking about the Yankees again. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was That's it. it. That's it. Mets fans, your ears can stop bleeding. Good news. Done. So at, 12, this, so at this points. point, they're down 12-1. to 1. Like, how many people in the ballpark are like, okay, like, let's go home. Let's take the seven train back home. Let's just get out of here. I'm telling you, if we were at this game, we would have been home by now. Absolutely. But. This is the game we wanted to go to, isn't it? Yes, because it's Jacob DeGrom bobblehead <laughs> day. It was. But the Mets made a valiant effort. I got to give them this. They made a valiant effort. Bottom of the seventh, Guillaume, who had came in before, he singles, Rosario singles, and then Brandon Nimmo. When I was – Brandon Nimmo's been on a – he hasn't hit the ball at all. Like, he's not as bad as Chris Davis, but he hasn't been hitting at all. Nimmo comes in. He doubles. The whole crowd that's still there yes. erupts. And the guys in the booth, <laughs> the guys in the SNY booth, they actually go, oh, oh, Nimmo got a hit. <laughs> I'm like – Oh, like they're surprised that Nimmo actually got a hit. I was like, I laughed so hard, but I was like, all right, good. That brings in two runs, so the Mets are down twelve to two. Wonderful. Jeff McNeil comes up. Wonderful. Twelve to two. <laughs> Jeff McNeil comes up. He gets a single. Brings home Ahmed Rosario. Twelve to three, just like that. And then Big Pete. This is why. This is why I was loving on Pete Alonso a couple minutes ago. Big Pete comes up. Schmacks one into the seats in City Field. And it's 12 to 6, just like that. A three run shot. 12 he, to 6. He smacked He it. smacked it right into the City Field bleacher. Right. Not they don't have bleachers at City Field, but whatever. You know what I mean. It's 12 to 6. In the bottom of the seventh. Mets fans, you gotta believe, right? That's their slogan. You gotta believe. You gotta believe. Nothing happens in the eighth. Um, Ross comes in to pitch. McNeil walks. Alonzo walks. And on comes Michael Conforto. Three-run jack for Conforto in the bottom of the ninth. We're feeling real good about it. 12-9. Ross pitches. Doolittle has to come in. He's the closer for Washington. But it was 12-9. It's not a save situation, but they have to treat it like one. And um, that's where it would end for the New York Mets, unfortunately. Could not make the full comeback. But a valiant effort, to say the least, that they were down 12-1. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's because I... I'm not gonna lie. I turned it off when it was. I didn't. I watched the whole entire game. I I turned it off when it was twelve to one. So I was I was done with it. I thought it was over. It was. But again, but again, we have to ask the question. Yes, the Mets, the Mets bats came alive in the later innings. Absolutely. But again, and if it, it honestly, if it wasn't for the pitching in the beginning of the game, this could have been a completely different game. I know. But again, we could have been talking about. The Mets blowing out yeah. the, uh, the, the Nationals. Nationals. But again, here's our concern. Game three totally exposed the bullpen. Totally. Like, Zach Wheeler didn't ha- did not have a great day. No. Four and, t- four, four and two-thirds, four hits, seven runs, seven, seven walks, two strikeouts. Peterson went an inning and a third, one hit, two runs, five walks himself. Which you know, we just went play by play for you. A lot of walks, a lot of du- no W's for the Mets, but a lot of W's for the Nationals. Yeah. Um, Luis Avalon comes on, one inning, two hits, three runs, gave up the big home run. Um, but like we said before, the the Mets bats are alive. McNeil went two for three. Alonzo went two for four with a three run homer. Conforto hit a home run, went two for four, three RBIs. But overall, the Mets lose two of three to the Nationals at City Field, their home opening series. So now they have the Twins for two games. They have, uh, they could beat the Twins. The Twins are not an awesome team, but the pitching matchup is Gibson goes for the Twins, and Big Jake is going for the Mets. Jake and D. On Tuesday, the Mets don't do not play today. They will play Tuesday, Wednesday against Minnesota, and then Odorizzi will pitch. Wednesday for the Twins and Thor will go for the Mets. So, and then at, the hammer. And then after that, they have four games: Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday against the defending National League East champion Atlanta Braves. So that'll be an interesting series. And then after that, 
Oh, they go to Atlanta to take on the Braves for four games. And then 15th, 16th, 17th, they go to Philly to take on Bryce Harper and the Philadelphia Phillies. I will be at the game on Monday the 15th. I'm very excited for that. Uh, let's. Uh, they have a pitching matchup set yet. No, they do not. I'm kind of feeling not feeling too good about DeGrom pitching that game. He's pitching. Oh, wait, he might be. Might be. Today is he's pitching today, the ninth. I might just miss him. I might just miss him. I'm probably either gonna get like Wheeler or Steven Matz or somebody. I hopefully, hopefully I do not get uh what's his name? What is his name? I'm forgetting his name. Vargas. Jason oh. Vargas, terrible. Oh terrible. Oh god. Just terrible. That's they actually pushed back his start because they wanted DeGrom to pitch the opening really? game against the twins. I'm like, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Vargas is terrible. He was like one of their bigger free agent signings last year. But like, oh God, he was bad. He's bad. I don't know. They should demote him to the bullpen. Not demote, but they should put him in the bullpen, I think. Yeah. I have a feeling about that. Because Gazelman, not great. Are Lugo, you, I don't not know great. You, see, I just feel like it would look bad on it if you're saying it was one of their bigger signings of the free agency. A it wasn't a huge it wasn't a huge signing, but like for them. For them, it was a decent signing. They thought they were going to get a lot more out of Vargas than they did eventually. There's always a reason that they're in the field. I know. Hopefully, I don't get Vargas. Hopefully not. I would love the dream. Like I said, it's gonna the dream would be Aaron Nola and Jacob DeGrom. But who knows? Maybe that'll be on ESPN. Maybe that, that should be on on uh, ESPN Sunday Night. Uh, not, well, it wouldn't be Sunday Night Baseball, but that'd be nice. I'm really looking forward to that game. Really looking forward. I'm going to get the behind-the-scenes access to the uh, press room. I'll be sitting in the press room for the better Phillies. Get, better get some pictures for the Oh, absolutely. I get to take pictures with the two the World Series trophies that they have. Of course I will. I'll be very active on Twitter, unlike you. <laughs> I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. <laughs> All right. So that's it for our weekend baseball. The Yankees obliterate. The Orioles like they should, and the Mets lose two of three to the Washington Nationals. Good game two, though. You know, Absolutely. the hype, the hype around game two was real, but they come out and lay an egg in game three. So that'll that's it for baseball. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, the Brooklyn Nets finally did it. We don't have to worry about them anymore. <laughs> well, well, until they start in the playoffs. Yeah. We don't have to worry about them making the playoffs anymore. The Brooklyn Nets are playoff bound. Thank you from a Knicks fan. I'm just happy to see them in. Who's ready? I'm happy to see them in. And um, we'll go over that. The win over again, the win over the Bucks, the win over the Pacers, and who they could potentially play in the first round of the playoffs. We'll be right back. You're listening to Tri-State Sports Beyond Anchor FM. Don't go anywhere. All right, guys. Welcome back. Let's talk about those Brooklyn Nets, Joe. They have me all kinds of hyped up. Scott's very happy. <laughs> He's he's elated that the Nets have finally made the playoffs for the first time since 2014-2015. Let's go over these past two games. They take on the Bucs the other night. They won it 133-128. to um, No Giannis, though, but good for the Nets. Hey, yeah. Anyway Any way you can it. get it. Yeah. Any way you can get it. D'Angelo, that are, I'm sorry. That, that improved their record to 40-40. 40 40. Yes. 500. 500. Wonderful. D'Angelo Russell, 25 points, 10 assists. Karis LeVert, 24 points off the bench. Joe Harris finally showing up a little bit, yeah. 14 points, six rebounds. He was 50% from the three-point range. That was awesome to see. Rodion's Kurutz got in double digits, 11 points. Jared Allen showing up, 10.7 rebounds. And, of course, Giannis Antetokounmpo did not play. They, Butenholzer said that he had a sore calf, but he just, you know, he just didn't want him to play, which is fine. Which is it's smart on their part. Yeah, it's fine. You know, you should rest your guy. You have the number one seed already. No need to strain Giannis, even though he did play yesterday against the Hawks. No need to, you know, strain him for that long. Yeah. Playoffs are right around the corner. So the so the Nets beat Milwaukee in Milwaukee after dropping the last game to them at home in Brooklyn. So the Nets there at forty and forty, and it improved their record, uh, improved their standings to succeed. Yes, which is so. big, which is real big. And then last night against Indiana. I had a hunch that they were going to win. I didn't know until earlier in the day that they could actually clinch a playoff spot. So I was like, oh, I need to watch this game tonight. So the Nets get it done in Indiana, and they clinch their playoff spot. They, can, they can't they can get lower than the seventh seed. They can still get out of that sixth seed and 
be the seventh, but they can't get anything lower than the seventh seed. D'Angelo Russell, 20 points, six assists. Joe Harris, 19 points, four for seven from three-point range. Jarrett Allen showing up yet again, 12 points, eight rebounds. Karis LeVert, 18 points off the bench. Dinwiddie with 12 points off the bench. Net fans, congratulations. This is great. This is awesome. And we're going to talk about the Islanders. You're going to talk about the Islanders in a little bit. But the fact that the two really underappreciated teams in this town, the Nets and the Islanders, are really running this town right now. They are, the, they are the two playoff teams, and it's good to see them get some recognition a little bit. So, little facts on this year's Brooklyn Net team. 9,091 total points, 112.2 points per game. That is the franchise record highest scoring team in franchise history. That is awesome. Good for them. They clinched the playoff spot for the first time since 2014-2015. As of right now, they have the sixth seed. So as of right now, they will play against Philly in round number one. Tough. A little bit. Tough. Very tough. But if they get that seventh seed, they would play, as of now, if they get the seventh seed, they would play Boston, I believe. Is that? No. No, they would play. They would actually play Toronto. Not Boston. So, if you're the Nets, I think you would match up better against the <laughs> the Sixers. I know I've been very high on the Philadelphia 76ers. They are actually, like, they're not really my dark horse favorite, but they're my favorite to represent the East in the NBA Finals. I think that would be an interesting Finals between them and the Warriors, if the Warriors get there, which they will. But congratulations to the Brooklyn Nets locking up a playoff spot for the first time since 2015. It's just it's good because they're the underappreciated team in town compared to the Knicks who have who actually freaking won last night. What are we doing? Just asking, what are we doing? <laughs> Still have the wor- the worst record in the NBA, it'll stay that way, but seriously stop that. Don't do that. People want to talk about Mario Hazonia playing point guard and he scored 30 points last night. I don't care. I'm sorry. He had a triple-double the other night. I got it on Bleacher Report, and it said, oh, Mario Hazonia has triple-double, 10 points, 10 assists, 10 rebounds. I'm like, that's the literally the minimum, like literally the minimum that you can you do. Can do. <laughs> who cares? Honestly, who cares? For right now, for this basketball season, it is a Nets town. New York is a Nets town. And, Finally. And it's cool to see. As a Knicks fan – it's cool that the Nets are in the playoffs as long as it didn't come at the expense of my team. The The Knicks have been out of it since Christmas, so it really doesn't matter. But congratulations to, Bro- to the Brooklyn Nets and Nets fans all around the globe. You finally get appreciated. Finally. Good for you. Whether Now, about the playoff series, whether it's against Philly or Toronto, I'm sorry. I just don't see it happening. But if you steal one or two games, that would be cool if you could play a little bit of a spoiler. But I would be kind of scared to play this Nets team if I were a top Eastern Conference team. You know, they're scrappy, and they will fight until the until the buzzer sounds. So when do – I think the NBA playoffs start either Thursday or Friday, I think they start. So we'll see what happens with the Brooklyn Nets. We will be covering it. As long as the Nets are in the playoffs. I'd like to be covering them for a while to get them in the NBA Finals, but wow, I don't think so. I don't think so. It'll be an interesting first round to see who they end up playing, whether it's Toronto or Philly. Either way, we're going to cover it no matter what. So the Nets finished the year 41 and uh, – no, actually, it's 41 and 40. They do have that game against Miami coming up. So we'll, whether they finish 41 and 41 or 42 and 40, we'll see what happens there. Joe, let's talk New York Islanders. New York Islanders and NHL playoffs. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about their win first, their last win of the season. Huge, huge win over the Capitals, 3-1. to one. Viltari Filipula, two goals, and Matt Martin with one goal, who, who is not known for scoring a lot of goals for the Islanders. He's a scrappy. He's scrappy, but he got a goal for the New York Islanders. Robin Leonard, my guy, the savior, the best goalie in the area right now. <laughs> Besides, you know what? No, he's the best goalie in the area right now. Who are you going to say besides? 
Besides who? You were going to give <laughs> you were going to give some credit somewhere. I was, but the Rangers are not in the playoffs. Sorry. Right. So um, the Islanders finished the year 48, 26, and 7, 103 points, second in the Metropolitan. They clinch home ice advantage and will play the Pittsburgh Penguins in round number one. And the big thing about this game is I'm looking at the season series between the Islanders and Washington, mm-hmm. and whoever was the away team actually won that game. Four out of four games, Washington and the Islanders were two and two. Mm-hmm. Each time the away team won the game. So interesting going forward because it's a possibility that they could play Washington in the second second round. Nope. And Washington would have home ice advantage. Mm-hmm. So just keep an eye out for that. I mean, yep. it's it's playoffs. It's a whole different breed of ice hockey. I'm very excited for this Islanders series but against the Penguins, though. It's it's going to be an awesome series. Yeah. You are excited for another series. Yeah, a lot more excited for another series, mm-hmm. actually. Um, the Maple Leafs Bruins, because it's an always an entertaining series. Original no, six. It, original six. It doesn't matter who's up, who's down in the series. Mm-hmm. They're most likely going to seven games. Yeah. It's that would just, be cool. it, just how it happens. Who's the higher seed? Toronto? Toronto. Correct. Okay. So they would start at home. Yeah. That, that's good. Yep. Um, Screw you, John Tavares, though. That's fine. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so Wednesday night, April 10th, 7 o'clock. That's when everything kicks off. Will be the kickoff of the 2019 NHL playoffs. Uh, Very nice. Playoff seeding, or not seeding, but matchups as of now for the Metro will be the Lightning as the one seed and the Blue Jackets as the number two wild card seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, this isn't the Metro, the Atlantic, I'm sorry. Um, Eastern. Eastern Conference. Eastern Conference. So we got the first matchup. Boston, Toronto, what I'm really excited mm-hmm. for. We have our Tri-State, uh, the New York Islanders playing Pittsburgh Penguins, which is going to be a really good Technically series. Technically, is a Tri-State matchup. It, 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 yeah, it's a tri-state matchup. Cool. And then to round out the Eastern Conference, Washington and the first wild card seed, Carolina Hurricanes. Surprising. Very. I'm still kind of surprised at that. I'm Very. not surprised that Columbus is in, even though they're the second wild card. But Carolina, interesting. interesting they kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't really project them to make the playoffs this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. But. There's always that one team that surprises yeah, you. Absolutely. Always. Uh, and then for the Western Conference, we have the Winnipeg Jets playing the St. Louis Blues, which mm-hmm. will be on NHL Network on Wednesday. So anybody that has Damn. NHL Network. He's really looking forward in. to that series. Crap. I don't even have NHL Network. Um, Damn. Nashville Predators versus the second wild card. Dallas Stars will be on USA. Watch that one. That's going to be a good match. Well, you're kind of intrigued to the Dallas Stars, right? Because of the draft pick that you get, that the Rangers yeah. get. Yeah, yeah. Don't they have like the? Don't they make it if they make it to the Stanley Cup Finals? Don't you get like a first round pick or something? It's something like that. Like the second round turns into the first mm. round or something. So you're rooting for the Dallas Stars this year. <laughs> yeah, it's not nah, that's happen. fine. <laughs> Predators nah. are going to win. Um. Then the last two matchups: San Jose Sharks, who I. I don't mind I like, right, I like San Jose. playing the Vegas Golden Knights. Did they just two years did they, in a row? Did they just get in? They had the third seed. Oh wow! So they made it by no problem. So, yeah. And then wow. our final matchup, which I don't think anybody would have seen coming at the beginning of this season: the, the Rangers Cal- and the Devils. No. <laughs> <laughs> the Calgary Flames, wow. even more surprising, yeah. and the Colorado Avalanche. That's an interesting. I mean, it's an interesting matchup. Really? You don't see those Avalanche two in the playoffs all that Flames. all that much. I mean, so, I, I like Johnny Hockey, but uh, I really don't. Is Mark Giordano still on the team? Yeah, I only know two guys on the Flames. <laughs> I don't know who's on. Uh, who's the other team that they're playing? Avalanche. Do I know anybody on the Avalanche? Probably Duchesne's not. on the Avalanche anymore, right? I was about to say Joe Sackick, no, but he is long so. gone. <laughs> oh boy! All-time points leader oh. for the Colorado Avalanche. <laughs> but those those are the matchups for the first round 
Uh, everything kicks off again on Wednesday. Cool. All those overflow games will be on Thursday. Nice. Um, I'm very. I love the NHL playoffs. It, it's going to be really interesting. And best of seven series, you can't go wrong with because no. you win one or two, and then you never the know what other can team, happen. The other team can come back and win four straight. Exactly. You so never it's, know. It's always happen. cool. Um, I'm excited to watch all the game sevens because. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we I do predict, have a lot of game sevens. I predict this year we'll have a lot of game sevens. That'd be cool. You think Tampa goes down early? I hope so. Yeah. Just they're, they're obviously the favorite in the Eastern Conference, but yeah, do you think they get but they upset? they have been. Who are they playing? They have been. Uh, Blue Jackets. Oh, yeah. Sorry. And they're, Blue Jackets are they're a tough team to play mm. against, but Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Rangers are pretty good. Exactly. That's why I don't <laughs> want them to win. Like I don't they have want... to, but I. You know what? I would like them to win one eventually because Steven Stamkos is like, he's another guy that you could see career long never winning a cup. Yeah, I like. We saw Ovi win one last year. Like he's he's a great player still. Yeah. But he's kind of fell off a little bit after his his leg injury. Yeah, that set him back. I'd so. like to, I'd like to see I'd like to see Stamkos get at least one cup, and then Tampa Bay cannot be good ever again. Uh, just not right now. Wait for the Rangers to get back in the playoffs. Oh boy! But uh, our both our hockey teams actually won by the same score on the same day, four three. Yeah, Devils uh, won in Rangers, overtime. Rangers actually beat Pittsburgh. Yeah, which was so Islanders. Yeah, get on that. Yeah, get on that. Get on that train. I'm very excited though for the Islanders to open the playoffs at Nassau Coliseum. I'm excited for that. It should be cool. I'll be tuning into every Islanders playoff game oh. this year. Um, but for the Islanders, uh, for the Rangers and Devils, mm-hmm. both in relatively high lottery pick, as they should be, because they both are terrible. Devils have the third, good, Wonderful. highest, love it, and the Rangers have the sixth highest. So the Rangers, I think, have who's the, who's the worst? Who's Ottawa Senators? It goes mm. Ottawa Kings Devils. Then Detroit, Buffalo Rangers. The same thing go. I mean, the Devils won the lottery once. Guarantee you, they'll never win it again. It it's possible they have a high. It'll be the same thing with the Knicks. The Knicks won the lottery. I've went on this tangent already. I know. But the Knicks have won and won the lottery in '85. They'll never win it again. Just like this year, they're not going to win the lottery. Um, but Rangers, I believe I saw have a seven and a half percent chance to Mm. win the lottery. Yeah. Um, not going to happen either. They can still get a good player. They're going to get a high draft pick and a good player, though. Yeah, either way. I would love for them to have, like, a top two mm-hmm. because there's two really good Who are the talented... two top guys this year? Jack Hughes is one. Mm-hmm. He's, I believe American. he's... Yeah, he's the American. Cool. He's, I believe, a product of Boston University. Oh, Devils better get him. Anybody that comes out of BU, love him. And then... Um, the other one, I can't, the name escapes me right now, but he's he's European. He's not American. But you have you have one European and one American player that are ridiculous. And I've Jack seen Hughes. highlights on both of them. Both. So I can ask you this question with you answering honestly: Is Jack Hughes like a McDavid type, or more like a? I mean, it's, I think it's still a little early to say McDavid or Austin Matthews. If you were to compare them to either one, who would you compare them to? Say a little more of an Austin Matthews. Okay. Not. not I mean, they're. So much I mean, they're not on the same. Like Matthews and McDavid are not on the same level. McDavid's obviously, I think, a better the, player. Uh, the supreme. Supreme, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but Austin Matthews. He's still a huge ass. Yeah, I remember Austin Matthews scored like what four goals in his first ever career exactly. game. His first season was ridiculous. Yeah, I know, and he's still a top. He's still a top player in the NHL, but. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens at the NHL draft. When do they decide this? Uh, I'm not sure on a date, but it's before playoffs are mm. over. Okay. We also have a little bit of coaching news. I don't know if you know this yet, but you probably do. That Joe Quenville was just hired by the Florida Panthers. I did just hear that. Very yeah. cool. So good to see. Good uh, luck to him. Good to see the old guy get back in it. Yeah. Against the, you know. He's not going to do the same thing he did with the Chicago Blackhawks. Let's just get that straight right now. I don't think so. It's just that not a lot of people care about hockey in Florida. Am I wrong in saying that? It's actually a lot bigger than you think. Really? Because I, I I actually had a class at school with somebody mm-hmm. that is from Florida. Came here, whatever. Moved Florida here, Panthers whatever. fan? 
Tampa fan, actually. Of course. And she said that in Tampa and in in Florida in general, like if you're near like an ice hockey rink, that is your life. Really? Which is weird because you really wouldn't think that. Well, I could see why people would be Tampa Bay fans. They've been good for for a lot of years now. But like, I'm talking about like Florida Panthers fans. Like, I don't think anybody cares about the Panthers. No, not as much. I think Florida is more like, oh, you're winning. You're going. To, yeah, you're. Good. Yeah. All right. Um, well, date for the lottery draft? Yes, I did just find out. June twenty first in Vancouver. Yeah, but when do they do? That okay. will be. But when do they decide the order? Do you know that? Oh, oh, oh. Um, like when do they draw the? What do they do? Ping pong balls? Or do they do, they do cards? Do, yeah, they do do. I think they do the ping pong ball. Devils and Rangers got drawing a lot of is April ninth. Oh, so that's so tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Everybody get ready for that. Well, I guess we'll find <laughs> out. I guess we'll find out where Rangers and Devils will pick. Well. Totally missed quick. the ball on that That's one. quick. Wonderful. That's awesome. Awesome. Good to know. Well, we'll keep you updated on that, too, while we're at well, it. Well, it couldn't have been set too long ago because they just ended the seasons this past weekend. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we're getting top two picks. Devils, Rangers. Right in that order. That'd be oh, something. Rangers, Devils. Uh, no, the Rangers will get the first pick and pick the guy that's worse. than. And Devils have 11.5% chance. Good. Wonderful. The Knicks have a 14% chance at the first pick, so. Low odds, but... Oh, man. What? I didn't know this. What? Yeah, Ottawa has the highest pick, uh, highest percentage. Right. But they traded away their pick. To who? Colorado. That's not and fair. And they're in the playoffs. That's not fair. <laughs> that is not fair. And they're in the playoffs. That is not fair. Oh, no. Ottawa, what are you doing? What is going on you know in hockey was, Canada? You know, you know what it was for? Matt Duchesne. Oh, no. (laughs) What is going on with hockey in Canada besides the Maple Leafs and the Winnipeg Jets? What is going on? And Calgary now. (laughs) Just list them all. Remember when all the Canadian teams would never make the playoffs? That seems like a distant memory now. It does now, yeah. Oh, well. That's enough hockey talk for today. When we come back. There's not enough hockey. I know. When we come back. We got to talk about the final four because, boy, I think the refs, there have been a lot of, oh, boy, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not happy with the matchup. It's not sexy at all. Nope. But it's our national championship game, which is tonight. And I have a problem with the time that it's on. We'll talk about that when we come back. You're it's listening ac- to- it's oh. actually good because then I get out of class and I can go watch it. It's so bad, though. You're listening to Tri-State Sports Band Anchor FM. We'll be right back. Auburn, what are you doing? <laughs> no, refs, what are you doing? Refs, what are you doing? Oh, Everyone. Geez. I don't know. I really don't know. If you didn't already know, oh, how could you final four matchups have Come and gone. And I picked Auburn. And I picked Michigan State. We were rooting hard for Auburn. And neither go. But let's start off with the most controversial of the two games. Of course. Virginia-Auburn. Virginia-Auburn. First time in team history that both teams are playing for their first national championship game. That's Texas Tech and Virginia But Virginia ultimately holds on and beats Auburn 63-62. The final scoring play was a three-point foul shot, basically foul shot. Mm -hmm. What do you think about him being able to get to the line? Well, let's lead to how we got there in the first place. Let's talk about how... Guy from UVA. Mm-hmm. That's actually his last name, which just makes no sense to me, but okay. Um, Shouldn't be able to play. <laughs> hits the corner three with it, you know. Um, what am I trying to say here? He hits the corner three to get within one with seven seconds to go. And then 
Harper from Auburn, he goes to the line for a one and one after being fouled. He makes the first one, misses the second one, and then what are you doing? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> what are you doing? I don't know. It's just it's mind boggling. Then they miss the the double dribble, the this controversy, and they miss the at half court where he lost the ball, double dribbled, passes it out to Brown, and he's fouled at the three point line in the corner with. 1.5 to go. They would look at the clock, obviously. How do you not keep the whistle in your pocket or choke on it? I don't like, I don't like, we're looking at it. We're watching it right now. Yes, there's contact. Yes, there's, yeah, there's contact, but he kind of, he kind of flop. You can't say flopped on it, but he exaggerates it a little bit. But refs, like, how do you not? How do you blow the whistle there? I, I think I think he. Well, it looks like the ref has the the whistle in his mouth. Maybe he just went to breathe that through his mouth uh, and and actually. Well, stop blew. breathing then. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know. Especially after you miss the double dribble and then you decide to call a foul. I mean, but the thing is, the refs call this all the time. They call these type of. But not in those about, situations. No, and and that's I think what everybody's freaking out about. Not with one point five seconds to go in the final four. That's literally that's the game. That's the refs controlling the yeah, game. Yeah, that's oh, that's taking it in like that's the refs taking this game by the nuts and screwing with it. I'm sorry, like Virginia. I wanted the matchup Virginia Michigan State. But not at that cost. No, not at that cost. I really wanted Auburn to win, but not at that cost. I have to sneeze. Excuse me. You know, I I don't agree with the call. I don't agree. I don't understand how they could have missed a blatant call at midcourt. Yeah. With the double dribble. Did you see it? Yeah. You know, we were just watching it before. It was just on replay. It was like, how do you... (laughs) There's just so much going. How do you go to missing a call to making a call that really shouldn't even be a call? Welcome to the world of being a referee. But anyway, Virginia advances to their first national championship in school history. And then we get to the second game. Michigan State, Texas Tech. Texas Tech pulls off the 10-point upset against Michigan State. Mooney had 22 points for Texas Tech. They just... I know Texas Tech was a three seed, but like nobody could have ever thought this would happen. No, I know Texas Tech was good, but not to Michigan wow. State. But like to go up against Michigan State and beat them by ten—that's that's nuts. That's wow. And Patrick Mahomes was in the crowd rooting real hard for his I think Texas Tech well, I think, Raiders. I think that's why he better be winning. there tonight. Better I think be there. That's tonight. why they keep winning. So we have. Texas Tech, Virginia. Who would have <laughs> thought that? I mean, Virginia was a favorite, obviously, because they're a one seed. But who would have thought Texas Tech would have made this run? To beat the teams that they've beaten to get here is amazing. It's just not the sexy matchup. I feel like the ratings for this game are just not going to be great. People were expecting Duke, North Carolina, and... That's what I wanted, you know. That's what our bracket wanted, obviously. Mm. But wow, it's just not a good matchup. And I have a real bone to pick with the time that they selected for this game. Nine twenty tip off. Why? Why? That's way too late. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna stay awake through the whole game. I'm sorry. I'm an old man. I will not stay awake through the whole game. Twenty-two <laughs> year old old man. No, it's I'm sorry. It's, it's it's what happens. I don't know, <laughs> but. I, I have a problem. You don't have a problem with that? That's just late. It, it is, and I don't agree with the time at all. I, I think it should be a little earlier, but like it kind of works out for me because I have school until 8.30. Nobody cares about that, Joe. So, God. It works for me. So selfish. <laughs> <laughs> but I see where you're coming from. Like A lot of people, like they have work. They have school in the morning. Yeah. Like, and on a Monday night? And on a Monday night. If it was a weekend or a Friday night, I would understand but like come on guys poor planning ncaa poor planning especially you have the audacity to call it march madness 
and it ends on April 8th. For real? For real. What are we doing? Just start March Madness a little earlier, that's all. It started on March 1st. It's really not much to ask for. I know. I don't think, right? It's not March Madness if it goes into April. I don't know. Especially when your championship game, all the build-up through March, just to have your Final Four and your championship game in April. What do you do with that? I know it's like first world problems, but like... <laughs> but like, why? Why? It makes no sense. I don't get it. Nor do I get how we got this national championship game. March Madness. Oh. What can what can we really call this now? Because it goes into April. Absurd April. Absurd April. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to trademark that. March Madness and Absurd April. I guess I guess so. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I hope we get a good game today. In Absurd April. <laughs> it sounds good. It does. It does. It does. I know it's O and A, but whatever. It's fine. Joe, who are you picking tonight? I really want Texas Tech. Me now, too. Especially after knowing like the whole Patrick Mahomes thing. Joe has like, a, I, I a man, man crush on total man crush on, on Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Got, oh, are we doing a keeper league too? Yeah. We're still doing a keeper I league? I have Patrick Mahomes. We're doing a keeper of league. Why else would we do a keeper league? Because you have Patrick I'm the commissioner. <laughs> That's the worst part about it. <laughs> hey, you keep coming back to my league. Don't forget about that. I won last year. How could I not? You got lucky. I still didn't get my money. Oh, yes, you did. <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh, yes, you did. <laughs> Trust me, my bank account knows. <laughs> <laughs> Who are we picking? Who are you picking? I want Texas Tech. So you're going to really pick Texas Tech? Uh, yeah. Okay. Because I want to stick it to UVA. They don't, I don't think they deserve it. They no. do deserve it. They do deserve it. Anybody who not, gets there deserves it. Not because of the Final Four game. Right. I think about it this way. Football season is right around the not right around the corner. But the Jets report today for offseason program. I saw Le'Veon so, Bell. So I'm in a little bit of a football there. mood. Oh, and it is official. Le'Veon Bell will be wearing 26. Yes. yes. He did. Marcus he did May will change his number to number 20. Besides the play. Which is cool. He was 20 in college. Yes. So going back good. to your roots a little bit. That's cool. But I look at this game like this. Texas Tech, Virginia. Virginia, not a big football school. Texas Tech, Cliff Kingsbury, Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield at one point. Virginia, they're more of a basketball school, so they're they're obviously in the right direction. I'm in the football mood because of the whole Jets new uniforms thing and the offseason program has started today. I'm going with the Red Raiders. Let's go. Going with the Red Raiders. Probably going to be wrong, but I let's don't, go. I don't think they're actually going to win. You kind of just are rooting for them. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. I think Virginia is going to win the game, not by a wide margin because it's absurd well, April. But, hey, it's absurd we, April, we were right? surprised at what Texas Tech did to Michigan State. So, And North Carolina. And, and North Carolina. You, you can't. We'll go with a safe bet, that. a gamble, because life's a gamble. Hashtag Le'Veon Bell. Hey. <laughs> we're going with Texas Tech here in the Tri-State Sports Beat. Joe, let's finish. You better play his music as the outro now. Oh, boy. I'm sorry. Le'Veon, I love you. I'm glad that you're here for four years, five years, whatever. But I'm sorry. Stick to football. Stick, it, I'm stick sorry. to what you're really, I don't mean really, to really offend you. I don't mean to offend you because you're probably listening. No, let's because... Be honest. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the music. I'm sorry. Yeah, but you're a country boy. You like the country music. I don't mind it because I listen to everything. I listen to everything too, but I I like the lyrical. I like the lyrical um, aspect of it. So okay. But moving on. Moving on. We're gonna end today, of course, with on this day in sports history. But Joe, you have a trivia question for me. Trivia question. Yeah. Let's see. Yes, I do. All right. On April 8th, 1975, who became the first full-time African-American manager I know this. in the MLB history when he made his debut with the Cal- uh, the Cleveland Indians? I only know this because he had recently passed away. 
Okay. To the great legend, of course, former Baltimore Oriole, Frank Robinson. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I did talk. I think I did touch on Frank Robinson, or we did a couple, you know, weeks ago. But R.I.P. to the legend, Frank Robinson. Um. So, Joe, let's end today like we always do with On This Day in Sports History. What sport we got? Today we got we got more baseball. More baseball. More baseball. Wonderful. So we're in the baseball mood right now. All right, I'm going. Relax. It won't be late to class. See, this is why Relax. I should have the power chair. Oh, my goodness. Fine. You want the power chair on Friday? You got it. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Let's see how good you do. All right, guys, let's finish things up with On This Day in Sports History. Joe, let's go. In 1974, Hank Aaron hit a 1-0 pitch off Al Downing into the left field bullpen for a career home run 7-15. Wow. So that was the record breaker today. Breaking the record held by Babe Ruth, mm. Aaron clouded another 40 homers after retiring. Wow. That was today was a big day in sports huge, history. Huge day. And it's only huge because Hank Aaron really was the only guy to break the record that was not on the juice. Yeah. Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds. All on the good stuff. Not good stuff because it will kill you. So there's Eventually, that. yeah. So there's Absolutely. that. Oh, my goodness. So that's a fun fact. Hank Aaron, one of the best of all time. One of the best home run hitters ever. Of course, Major League Baseball Hall of Famer. He's a legend. So two legends and one trivia question and one on this day in sports history. Joe, let's wrap it up. Wrap it up. Thank you, everybody, for listening. It's been awesome. Mm-hmm. Another great episode. Hopefully you guys um, enjoyed. Hopefully this kicks your week off on a with a bang. Yeah, on a good foot. A good start. Good start. Good, good foot. Whatever. Whatever, whatever you want to call it. Not good with speech. <laughs> <laughs> you took speech fundamentals. God. Come on. Get with it. <laughs> that was like a whole semester ago. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, but thank you guys, everyone listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back on Friday with a whole bunch of other stuff. Whole bunch of other stuff. Whole bunch of other stuff. Special shout out. We got to shout out our fans, Mountain View, California, like we of always course, do. Of course. Thank we you so gotta, much. And we also have to look again because we got to see if if anybody else is starting to listen. And our European audience. Of course. We are officially international. Out of our 100% of listeners, 1% of our listeners come from the great country of France. Hey. We we. We we. We we. Thank you guys so much for listening. You've been listening to Tri-State Sports Beyond Anchor FM. We will see you on Friday. Au revoir. Au revoir. <laughs> if you want to interact with us, follow us on Twitter at Tri-State underscore beat. Also, if you want to make an appearance on the show, send us a message on the Anchor app. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Start spreading the news I'm leaving today I want to be a part of it New York, New York Start spreading the news